Welcome to the SJSU Green Campus Podcast, a podcast about a range of sustainability and social issues that impact the SJSU campus and the broader community, hosted by the student interns from the San Jose State University Office of Sustainability. Hi everyone, my name is Shivangi Patel and my pronouns are she, her, and welcome to episode 8 of SJSU Green Podcast. Today I am accompanied by Anne-Marie Bonneau and Mary Mackey. Anne-Marie Bonneau, also known as the Zero Waste Chef, is a blogger and author who advocates for reducing food waste and living a more sustainable lifestyle. She is known for her creative and delicious recipes and her blog and cookbook, The Zero Waste Chef, where she offers tips and strategies for reducing food waste in the kitchen. Mary Mackey is a plant-based nutritionist and educator who runs the blog, The Wholesome Vegan. She is dedicated to promoting a vegan lifestyle through healthy and whole foods and providing education and resources to help people make the transition to a plant-based diet. She offers a wealth of information and resources, including delicious plant-based recipes, nutrition advice, and tips for living a vegan lifestyle. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here and talk about this topic. Me too. I think this is something that's going to be super useful for all students and even people who have come out of um, school and are just learning how to reduce food waste in their life. How has your cooking style changed as you've become more conscious of sustainable practices? Um, I'll go ahead first. Um, Once I started learning how... (laughs) First, I learned the health benefits of a plant-based diet, but once I could see how factory farming and animal, animal agriculture uh, is so responsible for deforestation, uh, the majority of our fresh water, our land, there's so much destruction that that changed me to eat a whole food plant-based diet, and which is uses much less water, less land. Uh, it, less harmful to animals, obviously, and uh, it's much healthier and you can reduce your risk of many chronic diseases. So it kind of hits a lot of points focusing on a more whole food plant-based diet or vegan. And uh, my cooking style has definitely changed. So I think like most people, I used to look up a recipe that I thought looked tasty and I'd go out and I'd buy all the ingredients and bring them home and prep the dish and if you do that you have a lot of leftover food and a lot of leftover ingredients so now I let the contents of my kitchen dictate what I'm going to make and so I'm a much more creative cook now than I used to be because I've you know put these constraints on myself and uh, it's a lot more fun and you know you discover combinations that maybe you wouldn't before so you know they're just they're just benefits I, I can't think of any downside um to reducing food waste or the the way I cook now and what techniques do you guys use to make sure you're making the most of the food that you have available in your kitchen and any tips you have for reducing that food waste in the kitchen yeah I go by recipes now I I find great recipes that they kind of all connect together um so I can fill up my pantry with beans and lentils and t- canned tomatoes and tahini sauce. 
and uh, you know, learning some of the basic plant-based ingredients to always have on hand and learn how to use some basic recipes that you love because it's got to taste great, but then you're using less ingredients. And um, like we spoke before, we're not buying 20 ingredients for one recipe and end up throwing them away. So that, and I try to only buy at the grocery store what I'm going to eat because it's just me. And so I feel so guilty if I have to throw something away. So I try to buy just what I need uh, for that week and then batch cook if I can. So during the week of school and work and all the stress we all have, that uh, we have food prepared that's delicious that we'll eat that we won't throw away. Yeah, I similar to Mary, um, if you learn a few simple recipes that are highly adaptable, you're going to slash your food waste. And also, like I mentioned before, start with what you have on hand and let that dictate what you're going to make. You'll absolutely slash the food waste. And then simple things like storing food in glass. If you see it, then you're more likely to eat it. Um, the freezer, use the freezer. Because, you know, sometimes we do buy too much food or we don't get to it. You can freeze all kinds of food. And that's nice if you do make, say, a giant pot of, I don't know, chili and you can't eat it all puts them in the freezer, and then you have a meal for later. Do you guys have any advice for those who are just getting started on a sustainable cooking journey? You know, uh, when I was at the sustainability fair, we talked to a lot of students, and it was so exciting to hear so many people that feel the weight of what's happening to our planet and wanting to make a change. And one of the teachers was saying, there are so many vegan restaurants around in San Jose State. So I actually just started uh, to compile a list of those and some of them offer discounts to students. So I, I want to really research that and make the list. But one thing before I forget is there's an app called Happy Cow. And have every student, anybody who's listening, make sure to download that app on your phone because then you can pick vegetarian, vegan, and then it'll list the, the restaurants around you. And in addition to that, many, even if it's not a fully vegan restaurant, many of them have rice and beans and vegetables that you can, you know, tr try to eat that have to eat less red meat. That's kind of, I think, the first big goal is to eat less red meat. So see what's around you, make it fun. I'm going to try to do that next semester, you know, go just go to class a little bit earlier so I can try out more of these restaurants. So, and there's, but I have heard from many people, there's a lot of vegan options in and around San Jose State. Yeah, I really recommend Good Karma. That's my favorite vegan restaurant to go to in downtown. Oh, good. Good. Yes, I want to try that. Okay, great. Their nachos are the best <laughs> ones I've ever had. Yummy. <laughs> Um, I would tell people getting started cooking, uh, eat more vegetables and eat more legumes. Most of us need to eat more of both of those. So that's a good place to start. And if you eat more fresh produce, you're also going to cut packaging waste because it's all the highly processed stuff that comes in the shiny packages. So focusing on those, I think will really help. Are there any other key dietary changes that you guys would recommend for college students? I think 
uh, is exactly that is because eating more beans is an adjustment to our microbiome. And those adjustments are letting us know kind of what shape our microbiome is in. So I think baby steps, and I eat beans every day. Now I could never do that early on. And I'm surprised, but it's just because my microbiome's really healthy and that that's been, I'm so excited about that. So, you know, and a can of beans is 99 cents. So if somebody is in a dorm or an apartment, that's so easy to get uh, whole wheat or flour tortillas and a couple cans of garbanzo beans, black beans, and some salsa, um, you know, and fresh vegetables if you can. If not, get the frozen broccoli, throw it in the microwave. You know, I think beans are just high in protein and high in fiber. And that's the one thing this whole world lacks is fiber. People get plenty of protein, but young people do need to keep an eye on that. So I think beans, they're cheap and they're so healthy and they have no cholesterol and loaded with the things that are give students energy and brain power to get through some of these classes. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah, I, I agree. Eat, just eat lots of beans. <laughs> My daughter is in university in Canada and, you know, she, she eats lots and lots of beans. That's so great to, to build those uh, habits at a young age, you know. Sometimes, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and her... You know, her friends think she's some sort of genius because she knows how to do these really basic things. <laughs> and, and that's that's such a great point because they're basic things and they're easy, but we just didn't know about it. Nobody really taught it. Right, so, right. Yeah. The McDonald's or something quick that's so unhealthy for us that, uh, yeah, some of those key recipes that you're talking about is so helpful for, for everybody. So, kind of, Going off of that, what are some creative recipes that uh, you guys would recommend to college students with limited kitchen resources? Uh, you know, uh, I would love it if we could get a list because I have some great cookbooks that, because it's got to be easy for me, <laughs> you know. And so it would be, I have some great recipes that I could share. If, if there's some way of getting a database or a list together, I'm happy to share those Um as a fallback for people to go on. But, you know, something simple when I'm super lazy is two things. I get a whole grain flour tortilla and uh, I put it on the stove and then I put a slice of vegan cheese, which I know it's not the healthiest, but vegan cheese. And um, then I'll, I'll put some type of whatever I have in the refrigerator, you know, vegetables, hopefully broccoli, salsa, you know, it just whatever you have in the refrigerator, throw it in that little flour tortilla. Mm -hmm or whole grain, and that's so fast, it's so easy, and of course, avocado if you got it. So there's some great easy snacks like that. And the second one, if you have a blender, um, I use uh, Vega protein, and you can throw in frozen fruits in there. Um, or if you don't wanna use protein powder, it's just fruits and vegetables you get frozen, or, or fresh um, kale or spinach, Spinach is great because it doesn't have a strong, distinct flavor. So that's something so easy for a student to do. Just whether you use water or plant-based milk, throw in some fruits and veggies and protein powder if you need it. Uh, that's so quick and makes a great meal, you know, to help us think better in class. 
That sounds yummy. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. I know. <laughs> About once a week, I make a big vat of soup. Mm. And it's so easy. It's like a zero waste 101 meal. So this last pot, I put in chickpeas because I had I had to soak some for something uh, I filmed the day before. So I had these chickpeas I had to use. And I had some cooked rice in the refrigerator. And I had some sad looking but still edible mushrooms. They add a ton of flavor. And one parsnip, one lonely parsnip, onions. And um, it kind of tasted like corn chowder because it had a little bit of sweetness. The, the parsnip was huge. So it had a little bit of sweetness and it was creamy. I, it was very, turned out very thick. Anyway, it was delicious mm -hmm. and it's always different and it's easy to make. And if you make a big vat of that on the weekend, then, you know, you'll have food during the week. And, oh, I put an apple in it. I had one little apple that was a little bit wrinkled, but are starting to get a little wrinkled, but still edible. There was nothing wrong with it. So I thought, well, I'll throw it in. It was small and nobody was going to eat it. So, okay. so I did that. I was just going to say that's a, such a key point that you bring up is that planning. I think whether you're a student or you're a teacher, whatever your age are, we're going to eat healthier if we plan. So I think it's like we make time to study, <laughs> do our homework. I think it's important to plan that time. And maybe you can you know, with your friends in, in your dorm. It, yeah. You, you get together and say, okay, I'll bring this ingredient, I'll bring that. Yep. And and batch cook all the all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if everybody takes turns, you can have a ton of food with much less work. Yeah, I like that. So looking at a more larger scale, how do you guys envision a zero waste future for the food service industry? That's a really big question. Um, there's so much to do. Um, the biggest waste is animal products. And uh, I'm working with FFAC, the Factory Farms Alliance Coalition, and that's their main objective is to stop factory farms. The, the, the pollution uh, that it gives, the water consumption, you know, um, one hamburger is equal to 27 showers. That's a lot of water. So somebody thinking, oh, I got to be real quick, a five minute shower. Well, that's great, but it takes a lot more water to produce uh, and animal products and dairy. So the future is education. I, I think we just everybody has to do their best and jumping it all in or one day a week. But really, that's going to be the biggest change is talking about it with your friends, talk about it with your family and say, hey, let's try Meatless Monday. Or um, James Cameron's wife, uh, Susie, wrote a book, uh, One Meal a Day, it's called OMD, One Meal a Day to be plant-based, no animal products. And then you start to see how you feel too. But I really think that's going to be the biggest impact each one of us can do is to eat a more vegan diet and we got to just talk about it and, and, and educate each other. Yeah, I think education, I mean, the food system here is a horror story. And I, and people just don't realize. And I, I mean, it's not just the food. I'm 
right now I'm writing something about PFAS. It's in all the packaging. The packaging is filled with toxins. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, education and regulation. Mm. And unfortunately, the people don't like to hear this, but consumers waste more food than... If, so if food waste for a pie, the biggest slice would be consumers. Uh, restaurants waste a lot. Grocery stores, they waste a lot. Farms. But in the developing world, sorry, the developed world, it's at the consumer level. So, and I think education and laws. So this SB 1383, making people separate their food waste from their other garbage, I think that is going to make people realize, wow, look at all the food I'm throwing out. Maybe I could, you know, figure out uh, some ways to, to stop that. So I think, uh, I think regulation will really help. That's one thing I want to learn more about is uh, these different laws and, and to support that. Because like you said, there was a time, I remember, <laughs> where we didn't recycle. Everything went in the garbage. And then we started recycling. And I know that's a whole other topic of what gets recycled and what doesn't. But look how much, I mean, talk about learning. Look how much stuff that we're able to recycle that we didn't before that we just threw away. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the other thing that can go hand in hand with education is what can we do in our community? What can we do? So I'm next to new season. I've been talking with them. It kills me when I go, uh, you know, in the fresh produce area and people pull the plastic bags to put one zucchini in and put, you know, they've got five bags and that ends up in our ocean. So, uh, you know, these nets, I've, I brought some, but of course, people that are hearing this can't see them, but you can just go online and you get these nets and that, you know, cheap, 12 bucks for a couple of different sizes that you can bring to the farmer's market, that you can bring. So maybe it's each student just saying, hey, mom, dad, let's Google this. Let's buy some. Oh, well, yeah. There, yeah. Was an there was an article in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago about how I think it was a city in Ohio has reduced its food waste. And a lot of it is kids shaming their parents. They learn about it in school and they come home and they say, what are you dad, doing? why are you throwing out that sandwich? Do you know what happens to it when it goes to landfill? Do you know how many resources went into producing it? And then the parents are going, Oh, gee, I better clean up my act. <laughs> so that's huge. So I think that the students that are listening be an influence and educate because parents weren't brought up this way, you know, or in grandparents. So it's just letting them know of different things. Let's do reusable bags. Let's use these reusable bags to put our broccoli in, you know, and that we can keep in your car or keep in your backpack to reuse. I mean, that would, can you imagine if they got rid of, so I'm, I'm approaching new seasons. They just changed their name here, Evergreen. But what can we do to encourage people that come sh go shopping there to buy these? I mean, that's, that's, this is one of my pet peeves that I would love to see change. And maybe some of the students that are listening now have, a, have an idea to do that. Yeah, using reusable produce bags eliminates so much plastic. Right. And you can just keep them tucked in your shopping bag. And so you always have them. Yep. And I, I, I sew really simple produce bags. But just if you sew, or if you don't sew, it's a good way to learn if you want to learn. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, they're cute and they last, they last for years and years. Yeah, they do. And when I, um, the farmer's market in Evergreen, I forgot the area that it's in, but I bring all my riso bags and I put all the fruits and vegetables in these bags or nets. And I rarely see other people doing that. So I guess being an example uh, is another way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So much to do. There's so many things we can do. There are. And and the stuff isn't, you know, it doesn't have to be hard. And I think people think if I live more sustainably, I have to give up all the things I love and lead this dreary life and be completely miserable. And it's just not true. I have gained so much from living my more sustainable lifestyle. It's, you know, I'm much happier, I'm healthier, the food tastes better, I save money. So, you know what, that's another really good point is some people would think, oh, to be vegan, it's, it's more expensive. And I save a couple of hundred dollars or more um, each year going plant-based because I'm not buying any meat, no chicken, no pork, no nothing. And oh, yeah. I may spend a little bit more on vegetables, um, but I get frozen too, and maybe a little bit more for fruits, but I try to, you know, go to the, the farmer's market, but um, it's not expensive. It's not, and beans, lentils, a big bag, $1.99, and so really it's, it's um, it'd be great if we could somehow have a plant-based cooking class classes on campus. I don't know if they're already doing that or not, but either virtually virtually or live just to show like boom, 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 here here's some five easy recipes to do and inexpensively. Yeah, that would be fun. Nothing. I'm just agreeing. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> fun. Could do them over Zoom. Um everybody cooks together and then it's it's more it's more fun to cook with a group like that. Yeah. I like that. I think um, making it easy and no pressure that you have to be some, you know, a, a really good cook because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, but I'm doing it. So I'm so proud of myself when I make this, this one dish I just made, uh, I'll have to share with everyone. And it was with garbanzo beans and it was a curried garbanzo bean salad and it had chopped broccoli and carrots and all the seasonings were so good and I thought you got everything in, in one salad that you could put in a sandwich or eat as a salad with greens and it was so easy and it lasted several days so I'm going to batch cook that again this weekend for next week so when you when you do which I'm sure you've experienced it makes you feel so good you know that hey I could do this yeah that sounds so delicious too <laughs> yeah that sounds really good <laughs> it's so delicious yeah eat more chickpeas <laughs> they're they're so good and you can put them they in are. anything <laughs> you can yeah I definitely find even making those small changes in my lifestyle or like picking up those small habits it still means something and it's still doing something so I definitely like that that's being encouraged to people that like ease your way into it and oh yeah like, it yeah. still matters yeah yeah you, you don't want you don't want to overhaul your whole lifestyle overnight I don't think you can I mean yeah. you just set yourself up for failure yeah. yeah and frustration would like a few like food swaps and stuff like that yeah yeah the last question I have is what are some of your favorite places that you recommend in San Jose or the Bay Area for 
uh, plant-based foods? My favorite place is real close to San Jose State. It's Vegetarian House. And right now they just have the outdoor open and you can uh, use the QR code to order and you can eat it there or take it home. Um, that's my favorite place here. And when I lived in Los Angeles, Real Food Daily was was really good. Um, but oh, oh, Oakland, solely vegan. That's I have to say that the vegetarian house in San Jose and then solely vegan in Oakland are my two favorite restaurants. I don't really eat out that much. So I'm kind of drawing a blank. But I want to add, when you do eat out, take a jar or two with you to bring home the leftovers. It's a really easy thing to do. And then you don't have to choose between throwing out the food or getting one of the disposable containers that they give you. And even if they are that compostable paper, they might be lined with, or they, they might contain PFAS, um, plastic you don't want. So so just bring a jar for your leftovers. Boy, that's, I, that's such a great idea because I have, I bought all the glass containers to put food in because of the, um, the what is it, P, PB, PBA that was been in plastic? Yeah, BPA. BPA. So, but how great just to bring a, gla a glass container that we have so that we can. Yeah. Because they, they bring you so much food. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't usually possibly. Eat it, all, right? eat it all and you don't want to throw it out and then you have food ready to go for lunch the next day right. or you know eat it for breakfast if you want to so so that would be my my big tip for that so those are all the questions that I had planned but is there anything else you guys want to discuss or want to share any resources I think the biggest one for me that I wanted to, to share was um, Happy Cow. Um, so students can know more vegan restaurants around them or, or plant-based restaurants around them. Um, and I, I, it, the company I'm starting to work with, FFAC, it, I would definitely check them out because they have all the information you want to learn about factory farms and what you can do to help uh, prevent that and what goes on. Because the key is it's out of sight, out of mind. If there was a factory farm right here in downtown San Jose, oh boy. <laughs> oh, it would, it would shut down. I mean, Michael Pollan says if the cruelty were transparent, um, it would stop immediately. We wouldn't stand for it. Yep. So they put them in away in these places that yep. outside out of mind, but the people that live around them, and that's that one documentary I was mentioning before, The End of Medicine, I highly recommend that one because they really talk about what happens to the people that live around these factory farms mm -hmm. and what happens to their health. So it's 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 layered, you know, animal, what it's doing to our planet, our water usage, pollution, the dead zones. So I highly recommend um, if you if the students haven't already to educate yourself and go to a website like FFAC uh, and learn more about it. See you know what interests you and what steps you would like to take. Yeah, and I, I'd say read anything by Michael Pollan. 
mm-hmm. um, the omnivorous dilemma that changed my life. And uh, who else? Um, Mark Bittman's book that came out in maybe 2021, Animal Vegetable Junk. That's fabulous. It's sort of a history of the the food system, and um, it's it's great. It's infuriating, but it's great. And and he does have a section at the end about what what we can do. So those are I'm looking at my bookshelf. Um, anyway, those are a couple of books. <laughs> And as far as health goes, for people that are listening that are studying nutrition, um, my favorite book is uh, How Not to Die by Dr. Greger. And he goes through every uh, disease and what foods increase your risk and what foods decrease your risk. So for yourself, for your loved ones, so that you, you could help their journey with food, I highly recommend it. And it's all scientific and I see you have Michael Moss's book too, up there. Salt, I forget. I have it also. Can't quite salt, sugar, fat. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a great book. Another great book. Oh yeah. Oh, it's great. So many good books. So many yeah. plant-based doctors out there making a difference, you know. So whether somebody's interest is in the environment. Um, animal welfare or nutrition, you know, there's there's an avenue for you to learn more and to take action. And, and uh, you know, we, we feel better when we're we're doing something for ourselves, for our family, and our our beautiful planet. Yeah, and it brings joy too. It's you know, I find all of this a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me about this topic. I definitely feel a lot more inspired to and more motivated to make these changes in my lifestyle and just be more mindful of the choices I make. Well, thank you so much for having us. And it was great to meet both of you. And I hope to see you again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. And yeah. Thank you for listening to our eighth episode of the SJSU Green Campus Podcast, a podcast by the San Jose State University Office of Sustainability. To learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, check out our episode description to find links to a variety of resources mentioned in this episode. Special thanks to our guests, Anne-Marie Bonneau and Mary Mackey for joining us today. Follow us on social media at SJSU Green Campus to stay connected. For more information about the SJSU Office of Sustainability, check out our website, sjsu.edu slash sustainability.